This podcast is a Tucker Media production. For more information, head to tuckermedia.com.au. Welcome to How Gen Y Buy. Each week, we speak to everyday Australians to discover the unique ways in which they are entering the property market. Learn how Gen Y are beating the odds and getting their foot on the property ladder with your host, Nathan Smith, the Managing Director and Mortgage Broker at Birdie Wealth. Welcome to another episode of How Gen Y Buy. I'm your host, Nathan Smith, and today we have another Gen Y buyer in the studio to talk through her experience of recently buying her future home interstate. Uh, Welcome to the show, Alison. Hello, Nathan. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Thanks for coming in and sharing your story. No worries. You're very recently a homeowner. Yeah, yeah. So um, about two months ago, um, it settled. Everything's fine. So now I'm just paying mortgages and <laughs> doing our things. But yeah, no, it's um, the whole process has been um, really good. It's taken um, a little while. It's I think the whole whole process took about a year and a half of like thinking and planning and then finally getting through and um, starting to look and then finally buying. So it definitely wasn't an overnight decision. It wasn't a spontaneous buy. So yeah, there, there's a lot of preparation yeah. leading in even to just before yeah. you engage a broker or yeah, start sure. to look, isn't there? Spending yeah. that time online and looking around. Yeah, yeah. So it was um like it was good. I've always kind of wanted to buy my first um home or I I mean I looked at different ways to invest and I looked at the stock market and I looked at um you know investing and you know Bitcoin, all that kind of stuff. And um I mean I guess what I found was the stock market's very up and down, it's very unpredictable. Um and there's a lot of people that, you know, they have a lot of success in that way. Um, I don't really see it. I don't understand it that much, but I think when you put your money in bricks and water, it can be a lot more um, valuable. You can see your asset grow and it's a little bit more stable, you know. Um, I guess at the moment there is a bit of a high, you know, everyone's saying, oh, it's a bubble, it's going to pop and um, especially the Sydney market, we see that, but um, I've always wanted to invest as soon as I could um, in housing and in property. Um, When I was um, quite young or when I was actually in high school, we had someone from the Commonwealth Bank come out and say to all the class that um, only one in five of us, like statistics are showing that only one in five of us will ever buy our own um, properties at us Gen Y because um, just, you know, the way, you know, wages growth and the, the spending patterns and all these sort of things, you know, people investing in cars and, you know, racking up credit card debt, uni debt. Um, and I think that like even at like in year 11, that triggered in my mind that I always wanted to buy a place. So you were going um, to be one of those one in well, five. I wanted to be. Said. I wanted to be the one in five. Yeah. yeah. So um, and that. I mean, that started quite young. Um, you know, I always. I always had a job and I always worked and even through uni. I think I worked more than I, <laughs> I went to uni sometimes, um, just because I. I wanted to have some money behind me. You know, um, and and then from there. Um, when I did have quite a bit of savings, I looked at how to invest it. And I did try the share market for a little bit and it didn't go very well. It was very slow growing and I couldn't really see my money working for me. Um, 
and I mean term deposits just aren't what they used to you know yeah. back in the day my parents Absolutely. they could put you know 10 grand in a term deposit and they get <laughs> quite a bit out of it um, but not not these days you know 1% 2% it's just it's not going anywhere yeah. so low um, rates are good if you've got a mortgage yeah it is if it you're is saving for a property though yeah it's, it's it really it hard more difficult so so looking um, looking back 18 months ago when you yeah. started your search yeah where did you initially start uh, in that when you set that goal to, to buy a property yeah so I think it it kind of triggered after I I sold a car that I had and it, that was a bit of a booster in my savings and I kind of looked around and thought now's a good time to look at investing something and I was in a on a trip down to Melbourne with a friend of mine um, and I think I was at a point in my life where I kind of wanted a bit of a change and she was saying why don't you come and move to Melbourne um, and then later that day we drove past a sign that said new houses going up for it was about um, three hundred thousand dollars for a property um, it was a two bedroom property and there were units and it wasn't too far from Melbourne and that kind of sprung in my mind that okay Sydney seems unaffordable but Melbourne's quite affordable Um, and so with that I kind of thought about it and I was like yeah you know I could I could do this so um, it just started off looking at you know calculators online about what my borrowing capacity was what my um, what the repayments would be and at first I thought you know this is quite affordable let's go and see what there was Um, and then I looked around the area that I wanted um, and I could see that it was, you know, it was affordable, but, you know, there was some ups and downs. Um, and then I actually kind of decided to move out of home for a little while um, and that put the savings back a little bit because does, yes. um, I, you know, obviously I was paying rent and everything. Um, and then um, a couple of things happened and I just realized that that wasn't the time to buy a place. I had to kind of use my um, time somewhere else. So I put it on hold for a little bit. Um, and then kind of earlier last year, I um, decided that it was probably time to educate myself a little bit more about what was going on. Um, and there was just a lot of negative feedback um, about, you know, Gen Y buying and now's not the time to buy. It's a bubble and look at this and, you know, all these um, really bad things or, you know, over overpopulation and then, you know, people um, – uh, like some areas have too many properties available and if you buy there it's all going to fold in and um, and I, I saw that and I kind of thought well there has to be another side there's always two sides to every story so um, I took some time and I started to go to some seminars you know like just on Facebook if you do searches for you know well um, under like finance you can find all these different um available seminars in your area and around um and i went to some really bad ones like they weren't all good i hope <laughs> um, that because we actually yeah. met at my seminar, seminar. yeah no so hopefully well, my one yours was in the bad category yours was really good but good. there was somewhere um you know they they had some wine and some cheese and everything and you sit down and they give you a pamphlet and then they pretty much say Sales the market's it. screwed everywhere except Wow. In where I have my investment and you invest and, yeah, right. you know, and you see hands go up, who's, you know, who's interested and people taking names and mm. those ones you get used to just kind of getting up and thank you very much. I'll, I'll be going. Yeah. Um, and then there was also, um, some other ones where it was kind of like a buying, it was like timeshare pretty much. And right. I kind of went, you know, that's not really for me. There's just too many question marks. So, um, the ones I went to were, that were really good were ones that they weren't, you could tell they weren't sales pitches. It was just for, um, first home buyers and it's like 
really basic information that you need to know. Um, I went to one for investors and one for first home buyers as well, and they were really wonderful, um, especially the one <laughs> I went to, you know, um, and it wasn't just you that was there. There was a lot of other people. And, you know, it was just simple things like how to buy at auction and dealing with the emotional side of um, buying a house. And I, I hadn't considered that before. So yeah. um, I, I think with property, and I think I say this almost yeah. every episode, is that with the property market, it's unregulated. So yeah. finance market's quite heavily regulated and financial planning is quite yeah. heavily regulated property markets not so people it's quite easy for people to present and say don't buy in this area buy here yeah. and guarantee these returns and, yeah and these are the, what you hear in those sales pitches they are very convincing yeah um so i think whether you're reading a news article whether you're going to a seminar you always need to ask yourself in the back of your mind mm-hmm. why are they giving this information what's yeah. their perspective and what's in it for them and yeah. what's that final product that they're selling yeah yeah how does it relate to that so yeah yeah, um, yeah there is a mixed bag absolutely out there of different information so you saw the good the good yeah and the bad side yeah. of things yeah yeah no it was um it was good and um i guess in the end, I um, I decided to make a decision, and um, I you know I sat down with you. I had a chat with you about um, you know my borrowing power and where I could go, and I, could, I saw that it was quite um, it was quite achievable. Um, and yeah, so I thought, okay, let's <laughs> let's do it and let's go. But um, I mean, it obviously came with some hardship. <laughs> yeah. um, obviously, I look, was looking to buy interstate, so yes. um, and I guess I wanted to be able to see what I was buying. Um, I want to live in it eventually. So at the moment, I'll have it as an investment, but in the next kind of year or two, um, I would like to kind of go down and live so i needed to look for livability in a yeah. property so you're buying um, a property living in sydney at the moment yeah. you're buying a property in melbourne, melbourne yeah and that's also your future home but yeah. you're also looking somewhat at the investment, investment aspect side of, things. of it as well so yeah. you're kind of trying to run in two camps here really yeah. looking at it from an investment and something that will just suit your lifestyle down there yeah what you were looking in around that North Melbourne ring. Yeah. Um, why that particular area over other parts of Melbourne? Yeah. So from, I guess, I like the area. I think there's a lot of, um, it's very cultured and very lively, a lot of um, nightlife, fun things. It's really close to the city, very accessible by public yeah. transport. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, from an investment side of thing, um, just north of North Melbourne, there's also a lot of um, infrastructure going up and a lot of transport um, that will be put in. Um, and I believe that that would affect the property value in that area over time, you know. Yeah. Um, so it would be – it's a good idea to invest – well, in my opinion, I, I believed it was a good idea to invest there at the time. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't so much the best place to invest in Melbourne. Um, but I guess when you look at, you know, I, w- I want to live there as well. So let's take the investment side out of it. Yeah. I need to live somewhere I, I like yeah. as well. So, so there was some yeah. emotion, right? Yeah, Because you have sure. to buy something that is, yeah. is going to be close to friends or close to the, the, the cafes and the yeah, restaurants yeah. and the workplaces that you want to you want to be around. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I I was really lucky. I had friends down there, and I think one of the hardest bit was when I first when I finally decided, okay, I've got my my approval from the bank. I can do this. I know my budget. I can go down and I can start looking. For 
for properties. Um, and I think I used the domain up more than I used Facebook. I yeah. was just, everything was, you know, little stars and every day looking little at different things, little wish lists. Shortlisting. And- yeah. And it was, um, I think over a three month span, I think I went down there nearly four weekends, um, just crashing on my friend's, friend's couch and really bad. She was very heavily pregnant, but I pulled her along to every <laughs> open house and, um, you know, you see these ads and people walk in and they're like, oh, it's your dream house and yes. oh, look at this. And But it, it really wasn't like that with me. I um, I had a criteria of what I wanted. Um, the biggest non-negotiable was it had to be two bedrooms. I wasn't at least. Um, three bedrooms were a little bit out of my um, price range, but one bedroom, I, I yeah, I need the two bedrooms and I, I liked a car spot. I had sort of like, you know, what yeah. a wish list that, you know, I was able to negotiate on and that was I wanted the kitchen in a separate room. Yes. Um, and that's something that's more in old style homes. You can't yeah. really get that in newer right. homes. Yeah. Um, you know, I like to cook. So if I was to live there, I need a bigger kitchen. You want a separate kitchen yeah, as opposed to kitchen. just a, a corner. Yeah, just the wall. So um, I was looking around and um, I looked at a lot of properties. I looked in the area I wanted to buy. I looked out of the area I wanted to buy. Um, there were some properties I just walked in and I walked out because I knew it wasn't for yeah. me. And did they, did was, they compare to the photos? Or well, they, Photoshop's an amazing thing, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's, um, I guess, renovator's delight um, can be taken <laughs> in many different ways. Yeah. So, um, there, yeah, there were um, – and there was – um, one in particular that I absolutely loved and I put an offer down on it and then um, the vendor called me up and said that it, someone had put in like an offer that was like $50,000 more and yeah. I was just devastated because yeah. it was out of my price range. Was and- that hard? Did you Because you, you, you do it, right? And, and yeah. particularly if you're buying something that's owner-occupied, yeah. you do have some emotional attachment yeah. because you're probably already going, well, I can jump on the tram here yeah. and that will take me into work. And, Absolutely. And then, and then suddenly the, the rug gets pulled out pulled, yeah, and yeah. you're back to starting again. Yeah, yeah. And I think especially the hardest thing for me was watching properties that were going to sell at Melbourne, in Melbourne, um, at, by auction. Um, and there were weekends that I just couldn't get down there because I worked. Yeah. And I'd watch those properties that would go to auction and they'd sell for, you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 more than the asking price. And I just knew that if, if I'd gone all the way down there to put an offer on that, it would have been lost, you know. Yes. So um, it was really hard. And um, in the end, the property that I ended up finding, um, it wasn't like it was a big aha moment when I walked into it. I remember walking in, looking around and thinking I could very easily make an offer on this place. It's respectable. It's tidy. It didn't have a separate kitchen, but the kitchen was all right. It had a balcony, which um, was something that I didn't think I wanted, but when there weren't weren't many houses in Melbourne that had a balcony, yeah. um, I definitely decided I wanted a balcony. And yeah, I just decided that, okay, I think this is it. Um, and then starting that negotiation process, that property was meant to go to auction. Um, and I didn't think I had a chance. And I just called the um, real estate agent and I said, look, um, I'm from Sydney. I'm out of state. Um, I'm interested in this property, but I can't make it to the auction. What are my options? Can I put an offer in beforehand? And at first he said no, and I said, thank you very much, and I hung up the phone. And then a couple of days later he called me and he said, look, are you still interested? Um, and, we, you know, we had a bit of a discussion. I put an offer in. Um, I didn't think much of it. Um, and then he said, okay, you go a little bit higher and you got a deal. So, um, And then they cancelled the auction. So I didn't have to buy an auction, which is something I didn't want to do. Yes. Um, and I got a really um, – it was, it was a good – 
property and after I bought it, I looked at other properties that had sold around the area and I saw that some sold for more, some sold for less and I kind of, I knew I was in the middle so it was a safe investment. Did you feel okay Um, after kind of having that offer accepted or was there that little bit of remorse where you went, oh, did I do the right thing? It was a little bit hard. Like they said, you know, if you go a little bit more, um, you know, it's a a done deal Mm. and I I said, oh, just a second. I called my parents and made sure, look, I'm going to do this, you know, and they said, yeah, sure, you know, let's do it and it was funny because I, um, after that, when I got a verbal yes, um, I had sent the paperwork in and then once that got received, I was just in traffic, you know, driving Sydney traffic and I got a phone call on my Bluetooth and they, um, the real estate agent had said, yeah, it's sold. And, you know, I was, I always thought it was, you know, jumping in front of a sold sign and putting it on and popping the champagne, but yep. you know, it, yeah, it's not always like that. It's not, but I yeah. think, I, I reckon in 10 years time, you'll still remember exactly where you were oh, and yeah. where you were driving because yeah. it is, it's a big moment and a big milestone to get yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I still think it's uh, yeah, a massive milestone. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about the finance process with you. Yeah. Um, certainly up and down, particularly yeah, for your absolutely. first property. You yeah, had some nice yeah. stressful moments. So yeah. buying prior to auction meant that you had to uh, accept the property on an unconditional exchange. Yeah. So you as a buyer, you've done absolutely everything right. You've gone and gotten your pre-approval. Mm-hmm. We've made sure that there's very limited conditions on the approval. Essentially, mm-hmm. it was only subject to evaluation. Mm-hmm. We had all the other conditions approved. Um, offer was accepted on a property. We presented that property to the lender mm-hmm. and they had a particular register where they said, once we hit our cap on one particular development, we won't lend anymore on that. Yeah. Now, this happens rarely. Mm-hmm. This happens less than 1% of the time we put an application forward. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately for you, yeah. you were the 1% of the time. Yeah, so yeah. I've picked up the phone and made that phone call to you. Yeah. How was that for you? Was that stressful? I mean, it was It was a little bit hard because um, I was buying really close to Christmas and I'm aware that a lot of places closed down over Christmas and I had already put a 30-day settlement on. So the settlement yeah. wasn't something that could be negotiated. So we had a, just, and, just to let everyone know, yeah. a normal settlement might be six weeks with yeah. youth negotiations negotiated a four-week settlement. settlement. Yeah. So yeah. not only have we no longer got the approval standing with this lender, yeah. uh, we have a very short turnaround time to yeah, get across. Yeah, absolutely. So it was um, at first I was kind of like, oh, it can't be that bad. Yeah. And then as time kind of ticked closer, that's when I realized, oh, this isn't very good. And, close. and I mean, it's <laughs> there's not many options out there yeah. um, in that position. But, um, you know, thankfully I didn't kind of have to do it alone. I had a broker to go <laughs> help yes. me out. You, you know, you were yep. great got on the phone yep. to the next bank and um and I yeah I think in the long run um it probably worked out better um because um when the when we got to the next lender um they were able to give us a pretty competitive rate um and yeah. there was a few little perks that came with it um absolutely you know, yeah, we there, ended up getting a slightly better rate than yeah. we, we were expecting and uh, the deal actually worked out better yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it did end up uh, good in the long term things but yeah um you obviously this is uh, using an experienced broker was a benefit to you because um, I had seen this before. This yeah. wasn't the first time this had happened. Yeah. Um, so for me, uh, it was it was another deal. It has happened. It, it's mm. it's one of those things that we can't predict. We never know when it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but we're able to quickly move on and get you through to settlement for that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. We also had a really good conveyancer. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, we dealt with a, a conveyancer in Victoria um, that we've dealt with a number of times. And, yeah. and she was fantastic. She helped yeah. to keep things rolling along. Yeah. Um, we were able to give her regular updates and keep her informed with the situation yeah. um, and, and make sure that we did meet that deadline, which I think was the 
to about four days before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. got it across the line. Yeah, so, yeah. No, um, it was good. <laughs> so set on a date. Yeah. Um, it's a strange one when you buy an investment property. There's no, you kind of don't get the keys for the property or anything. Yeah, yeah. How was that, that actual day for you? Well, it like it just so happened I was already in Melbourne that day. Um, my friend was about to have a baby and I was going to go down anyway to see her. So I was in Melbourne and I thought it was something I had to be at. I didn't have to be there. I was just walking around the shops and I got a phone call really. So, um, but I, you know, I did go and um, I saw the property before, um, before the settlement, I did an inspection. Um, I was really lucky as well that the real estate agent let me um, get tenants in there during the settlement period. They let me hold open houses, like open house and uh, people went through and I knew that once the settlement went through, I'd have tenants in there. So that was a really good... Um, That's a good tip. Yeah. So just to highlight that, so during negotiations, there is an opportunity to request for um, open houses mm-hmm. for your, your tenants uh, to actually occur during that settlement period mm-hmm. so that you don't get the property, have an empty property, and then have to start the process of tenanting it out so yeah. you can get a tenant in there straight away. So you were able to negotiate that? Yeah, yeah. They threw in the photos as well from the open, um, from the open house and like... Like, I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but, you know, when you're going into, um, as a landlord, when you're going into these sort of things, those photos can be quite expensive. So, um, and they were pretty quirky as well. There was a nice photo of the balcony and they had um, beautiful um, number plates on there. So, I think it was a good, it was something that caught my eye when I was looking yeah, on domain. I still so, remember it now. Yeah. I still remember that photo. So, it was good that the tenants saw that and, yeah. And it was furnished with the photos. It was furnished with the photos, but then even when I went for the open house, it was on furnished yeah so, so furnished photos certainly presents yeah. a lot better than just shooting blank rooms yeah yeah so uh, negotiating those photos first of all you get probably better quality photos yeah. professionally done um and also saving a few hundred dollars as yeah, well so absolutely. again another good tip to uh to request that's nothing off the agent's back to do but you certainly would need to request it so, yeah yeah um so you got when did you get the tenants into the property so that was just after christmas so right. um it would have been that they moved in christmas eve and i kind of went on oh, if that's that's okay so we gave it just after Christmas. Um, they moved in um, and it was really interesting because they also had a little bunny rabbit um, and they said, you know, do you mind if we, um, you know, have the bunny rabbit in a unit? And um, at first my first thought was no and then I thought, you know, there's not a lot a bunny can do if it's going to do damage to anything. It's probably their own furniture. So, um, yeah, I've got a nice a nice little family down there and two bunny rabbits. So. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Family of four. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so the property's settled now. Yeah. Uh, what's next for you? Where do you see yourself going next? Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know. Like at the moment, I think I just want to pay off at least um, a good chunk of the property. Um, I've got, you know, disposable income at the moment. Um, I'm back at home, so I don't have to um, pay any, uh, you know, my bills are quite minimal. So I want to use this opportunity to just put money into the property. So you've got um, the tenant down there helping yeah, you pay and you're yeah. going to contribute on top of that and try and yeah. take a good dent out of the Yeah, and then when I get, I guess, when I pay off enough of the property, um, then I want to look at, you know, moving down there and living and then what would come from that, you know. I've got the second bedroom, you know, airbnb it or get a, um, you know, roommate in there with me to help pay it off. Um, 
um, and then, you know, looking for appropriate jobs. But um, it's, I mean, I think it's a good step in the right direction um, when it comes to, you know, some financial security for the future because, um, you know, it's a it's a big weight off my shoulder, but at the same time, you know, it's just a mortgage on the, on the shoulder now. So Absolutely. just eliminate that. Yeah. No, it's a big one to um, to tick off the list is to get there and, and, and have that property. Yeah. And like I've said, the first one is the hardest. The first one, yeah. if you've got limited knowledge, you're learning on the go as you're trying to get through. Yeah. And, uh, yes, yeah, certainly as you buy your, your second and third properties, you've got a better understanding and, and of how that process works. So, yeah. yeah, the first one's definitely the hardest. Um, so, look, really, really interesting key takeaways. Trying yeah. to buy a, a property interstate that's your future home was yeah. um, certainly a unique point that you had to go through and, and balancing criteria that not only suited an investor but also something that suited your lifestyle was, a, yeah. was an interesting balance. You did really well buying this property. Mm-hmm. Um I know we spoke a lot during the process and, and different properties you look at and the, the different ones we we had a look through together. Uh, you did really well. You, you got down and you had a, a quite a clear criteria of what you're after. Now, and one thing we, I did speak about in the last episode, I was talking in the last episode about my personal story and, yeah. and what I went through buying a property. But the one thing that you did really well is that that tenacity to continue looking so yeah. so putting that off forward, committing to a property it doesn't work out and yeah. then starting again and going all right off we go it's yeah. done let's move on to yeah, the yeah. next property and going from there because the one you eventually get uh you tend to make your own yeah and yeah. it becomes your property regardless of the ones you missed out on yeah before you go mm-hmm. other gen y are in a similar situation to what you were 18 months ago they're sitting yeah. there starting out ready to go yeah What's that one bit of advice you either wish you were given or you yeah. were given um, that, that could help them? Yeah, I think just, like, don't be afraid to take the next step and just ask questions and get, like, you can't, you're not going to go wrong if you educate yourself, you know. And um, just the other day I went to, you know, another seminar about, um, you know, tax for um, investment properties. And while I've got it as an investment property, you know, what kind of tax rebates I can get and things like that. And, you know, just it doesn't help. To, it doesn't do any damage to sit down and talk to someone who's knowledgeable in the field um, and see what there is. Um, I think if I'd sat down with, um, you know, someone who started going to seminars a lot earlier, you know, I could have bought something by now. Um, but I don't regret the way I did it as well, um, you know, for the time of my life I'm in and um, for the savings I had, I think it was a really great time to invest. So, um, you know, if you've got an inkling and you just want to think about it, it's not going to hurt just to chat, you know. Sit down. <laughs> um, yep. Sit I down and have a discussion. Completely yeah. agree. Again, this is something that comes up almost every episode is just get yeah. educated, get the information, and then you can make yeah. an informed decision as to where you're actually up to. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Absolutely important. Um, Alison, thanks so much yeah, for coming Yeah, no worries. In. Really appreciate no, sharing no story and letting people know how you went about it um, this has been another episode of how gem why buy we'll be back in a fortnight with our next guest this podcast is for general information only it contains brief comments not intended to be the basis for decision making nor to be taken as a substitute for specific advice please contact birdie wealth to discuss any matters that may be relevant to your individual situation For more information, go to www.birdiewealth.com.au.